Crossroads music podcast, and we're going to be doing some stuff on the fly because it's a freaking snowstorm, mm-hmm. and uh, we did not do a sound check before going live. <laughs> that is uh, very true, uh, Kim, and uh, if we just seem to be just flustered. <laughs> the snow has flustered both of us, I especially believe, me. I can't believe it's snowing where you are right now. Yeah, it's snowing like crazy it's where snowing. I am right now. Well, yeah, there's a snowstorm here. The snowstorm there must there's just snow everywhere, I guess. I know. Snow uh, here, snow there, snow everywhere. <laughs> uh, Raiders, thanks for coming in, chasing dragonflies. Nice. Um, Thank you, chasing dragonflies, for bringing the Viking raid to our channel. I can't see anything. I can't see the chat. So I'm gonna have to go based off of what Kem is telling me. Yeah. So, so uh, we had to put this together on the fly because. Uh, I don't know, for some reason, um, I don't know, we have not had luck with Twitch guest star the past two streams now, so we had to quickly put together a Discord call and, and do it this way, but so far mm-hmm. so good. Uh, chat, yeah. let, let us know. Let us know if there's uh, any issues on, on your end. But uh, Feel free to shit talk me because I won't be able to see the chat, so... <laughs> Chasing Dragonflies is just uh, yelling about snowstorms coming. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I can't really complain because we live over here on Vancouver Island. So it's like, you know, we don't get too much. But this is bullshit. It's supposed to be <laughs> spring is supposed to be coming now. So I'm a bit pissed off. I'm about to take a chainsaw to everybody's palm trees outside. <laughs> so uh anyways uh yep tommy t turner thanks for joining in gold ranger welcome in uh eric your drink of choice for today oh almost almost had a little bit of a crisis there i almost spilt over the uh okay so my drink of choice it is a special um so they're only coming out with this this year as what i'm told but this is brewed here in nanaimo um uh out of white sales brewing uh which is one of my favorite brewer houses here and it's actually like a cool like atmosphere as well uh it's called as above so below vanilla stout i don't know if you can see that if i have it in camera yep all good okay so uh this is a vanilla stout uh it's 6.8 percent beer uh there's not much uh it's made out of madagascar vanilla uh with dark chocolate a little bit of coffee notes and orange peel so I saw this and I was like, I'll try. I like stouts. So I feel like I hope it doesn't taste like a chocolate orange because I'm not a big fan of chocolate oranges. Oh, okay. So we'll we'll see. I don't mind orange and chocolate together, but I just, I don't know. I, I feel like the Terry's chocolate orange is a bit too. Oh, the one you smash. Specifically yeah. that one. Okay. I see. I see. Mm-hmm. It's a bit too uh, fake tasting. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about this one. Seems like a mixed review. <laughs> I feel like I need to. I feel like I need to take a couple more tastes, but I will. I will. Okay. I will give a rating in mid, <laughs> mid, uh, <laughs> mid podcast. Okay. Uh, anyways, thanks everyone for tuning in. This is the Crossroads Music Podcast. We are a weekly music podcast where we eventually start talking about music, uh, but mm. we we talk about Eric's uh, drink choices for the for the show first. So, 
Um, <laughs> but let's get into the, some of the music. Eric, what have you been listening to this past week? Anything? So, uh, yes, there is. Sorry for cutting you off there. Um, Eric Clapton released a rarities uh, album. Oh. It's like a mixture of like live concerts or songs that he kind of like recorded. Like we've heard the songs before, but like I don't know if it was supposed to be like an original recording or then they made they made it better. Um I was actually excited when I saw this come out because Clapton is obviously one of my biggest influences when it comes to guitar playing. And I was actually a bit disappointed with it, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> um so it starts off with the song Stone Free. Everybody knows that Clapton song. And then it goes into Crossroads live at uh, Birmingham. Uh, and then it goes right into White Room, um, which was kind of neat. So I don't know whether or not this was recorded live with Cream or if this was just him playing with oh. his band as he usually does. And then it got into a little bit of a weird, like, like so they did the theme uh, from a movie that never happened. <laughs> okay. I don't know what that was but it was not even like i don't know what it was to be honest like it was not like if someone said guess who this artist is i wouldn't i would have probably guessed some sort of film score person oh, okay and it was just like no it's eric clapton man i'd be like what <laughs> uh and then it goes into the song pilgrim okay. uh, which is the 2020 remix and it was actually pretty awful i'm not gonna lie uh, so I, w I was very disappointed with that. Um, I, I just felt like I should bring it up just because it was almost like, I don't know whether or not just with the heat that he's been getting in the media at, for the past few years and that his ratings have gone down, but yeah. like, like I still love his old stuff. Like his old stuff is gold. Um, and if he creates new music, like that COVID song he made, like it's, it's like a, a typical Clapton song, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I, I just felt with this one, it was almost like, oh, we're losing ratings. We need to bring them back up. Let's come up with the recordings that we didn't like and <laughs> we'll release them as like a special. But I don't think that's helping their cause if that's yeah. what they're doing. Yeah, it's always weird when artists, especially like uh, like classic artists, they start releasing like their B-sides or their like hidden tapes that were never like worked on or released. It's just... Mm -hmm. It gets, uh, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like those things shouldn't be released. Like, especially, I know Bob Dylan, like, every year he releases, like, these <laughs> rare, rare tapes. No, never heard before. Like, it's every year it's always, like, a three-box set. Like, it's crazy. It's like, I don't think I need to have, uh, you know, the 36th Blowing in the Wind take that you did back in 1950. Like, I don't think I need to listen to that. <laughs> Blowing in the Wind. <laughs> As he sings the song. Uh, Gabe wants to know what Clapton's been saying. Oh my God, Gabe, you've been li living under a rock. Uh, Clapton, yeah, what is he? He's anti. He's been getting. He's anti. He's anti everything. Anti vax. Yeah. Um, he 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 doesn't want to go into lockdown for sure. Um, <laughs> he's been saying other crazy things too, but i can't remember i mean he had that racist rant back in like the 60s which is mm -hmm. crazy but um yeah but he's definitely yeah. his publicity isn't at all high <laughs> let's just say 
Yeah. For well, good the, publicity, I should say. Yeah. The current thing is he's basically into conspiracy theories and he doesn't mm-hmm. believe in vaccines and, and lockdowns and all that stuff. He's he's an old man losing his mind. That's all of yeah. this is. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Um But the other thing I've been listening to, and I know you're you have mixed feelings about this band, but City and Color is coming out with their new album. Right. Um The Love Still Held Me Near. And so I love City and Color. I think that they're awesome. One of my favorite albums by City and Color. Uh, I always forget the name. I'm just pulling it up quickly. Uh, if I Should Go Before You. Um, that one that came out after the Hurry and the Harm, which is probably my second favorite. And then their uh, Pill for Loneliness. I wasn't a big fan of that album. There were songs I liked on it. But this one, they released three singles on the album. So it's not the full album yet. But um I love all three of these songs. They're fucking great. Uh, I cannot wait for this album to come out. And it kind of sounds like it has the same vibe as the album I like. But I'm trying not to get my hopes too high because I know what usually happens. Like it, It's yeah. going to be like the first three. And, and that's what worries me. It's the first three songs that are the singles. So I hope it's not just like the, the top half is great and the bottom is shit. Yeah. So I hope it's not that. I feel like City and Colors on the short list for album reviews, uh, but I feel oh, okay. like if it's being released in March, it definitely did not make the cut. But if it's April, mm-hmm. it might still be on the short list. It is. It is in March. Okay, so it so. didn't make the shortcut. Mm-hmm. The short That's list. all right. That's okay. <laughs> uh, anything else? Anything else you've been listening to? You know what? That's about it, man. Nice. Um, for some reason, I don't know why this happened, but I started listening to Baby Metal again. <laughs> I don't know. There's just something very strange about little Japanese girls singing with <laughs> just like the heaviest guitars and drums as a backing band. It's just it's just weird. I don't know, but super catchy. <laughs> I, it it is it is kind of catchy because especially like when you see them dancing, you're like kind of just it's like your mind is still processing what's going on, and and then you hear the. <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah um anyways i've been listening to that for for whatever reason um mm. but uh nothing else of note really so uh let's move on today in music history february 27th uh 1954 neil sean wait neil sean is born on an air force base in oklahoma the guitarist does time in Santana before founding the group's Journey and Bad English. Hmm. I actually didn't know he was the guitar, or I guess the rhythm guitar player for uh, Santana's band. That's crazy. That is nuts. I didn't actually know that either. You go on to make Journey. That's that's pretty impressive. Yeah, that's like you know. I I bet you Carlos Santana had a lot of famous people that went off and did famous things. Yeah, because his like his musician, like I've seen him live, and just the session musicians that are playing with him are like unreal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, 1971, Janis Joplin's album Pearl hits number one in the U.S., where it stays for nine weeks. Joplin died of a heroin overdose three months before the album was released. Shame. Uh, 1977, Keith Richards is arrested for heroin possession in Toronto. Hmm. Of course he is. <laughs> I don't know Like, why. it's Keith Richards. I don't know. Why? Why 
bring it across the border. Like that's the worst place you could possibly smuggle drugs. Well, I feel like too, if you're at that level of musicianship, you'd be able to find somebody in the town you're playing in. Yeah. Just get it locally. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, like just be like, and then that's just extra stuff you have to carry with you. Yeah. Right. It's insane. Like just, just go and be like, send your lackey. You're probably not going to be even the one buying it. Probably like, hey Tim, go go get some, go get some chips and some, some heroin for me, please. Yeah, I don't understand why why that's a thing. Uh, anyways, February 27, nineteen eighty one. Josh Groban is born in Los Angeles. <laughs> Josh Groban. Honestly, that man can sing. Like he can, he can sing. He can sing. Like he kind of like. He doesn't look like it. But he he doesn't look like he can sing. He looks like he like is like a vegetable in a garden. <laughs> you know? Like if you were to make a cartoon <laughs> character of like a vegetable in a like a kids TV show, it would be it would be the shape of Josh Groban. <laughs> <laughs> see, I can't even see your reaction, so I don't even know if you're laughing oh, or yeah, if you're true. just shocked. I, <laughs> so no, I'm definitely laughing. Um, should I attempt it? Should I see if I could share my screen and then everything flashes? We'll let the audience decide. Actually, you know, or maybe what? it's humor. I could probably try. That. Maybe it's humorous for them. Like I don't need to see the stream. There. It would help if I Does just see. You. Oh, that works perfect. Oh, but that there's, no, there's now an echo. I think. Oh, damn. Hold on. Let's see. Check, check, check. You, you say something. Check, check. Oh, I think it worked. Uh, okay, people in chat, let us know if there's like a crazy echo and no one mm-hmm. can hear anything anymore. But uh, I think that worked. Um, moving on. But yeah, I like mm-hmm. Josh Groban would play a carrot <laughs> in this kid's show that I just made up in my head. <laughs> Josh Groban, the carrot. I don't know. The singing, the singing carrot. The singing carrot. <laughs> I feel like... like when you plop it out under the ground, it would be just like, oh, you know. <laughs> uh, also in 1981, <clears throat> The Who released You Better You Bet, their first single since the death of drummer Keith Moon in 1978. Mm-hmm. The new drummer is Kenny Jones, formerly of The Faces. It always sucks because the cohesiveness of The Who, like they just once moon past it's bands over yeah like that's the one one of the bands that should not have continued they really should have done a led zeppelin and just like stopped because like post keith moon what was the last album uh who's next after that like Mm -hmm. what was there like what did they release that was of significance that people like actually liked (laughs) nothing Anyways, moving on. 1991, James Brown is released on parole from a South Carolina prison after serving two years of a six-year sentence sentence on drug and assault charges. Two years. James Brown in jail for two years? That's a long time. That's a really long time. Just imagine being his cellmate. (laughs) I'd be so, like, I I would be in awe. I'd be like, oh, my God. This isn't happening right now. Like, if I was James Brown walked in, I would be like, holy shit. 
Are you actually kidding me right now? You're not. You're not James Brown, <laughs> right? And then he'd be like, "Yes, I am." No, no, there's no way in hell you are. Like I'd be, I'd be over the moon, happy. That's, yeah. <laughs> in fact, if I was going to be released in a week, I'd probably do something to get me to stay <laughs> <Same>. longer. <laughs> Just to hang out with James Brown. <laughs> I know, that'd be so cool. Mm. Um, 1993, Whitney Houston single, I Will Always mm. Love You, reach it, reaches its 14th week at number one, a new record. Bodyguard, man. Kevin that, Costner. I don't know. that mo- <laughs> I, It's unfortunate this song is tied to a move, that movie specifically, because that know. movie is not good. It. You know what? It's It's one of those action movies that you just like you have to watch it's right i i feel like it, you, i'm not saying it's good i'm not <laughs> saying it's good but like i remember the clear scene where i thought that it was a ridiculous movie is when kevin costner like they like he obviously has that love interest with her and then he falls out a samurai sword out of nowhere and you're like <laughs> where did this come from <laughs> look at my samurai sword <laughs> Um, but yeah, and it is unfortunate because that song is really good. She's got a hell, hell of pipes on her. Yeah. Right. And it's like, it's, you're associated to a terrible eighties movie. (laughs) I just wish it was like the Titanic, like Celine Dion and Titanic, at least like the song and the movie, they're somewhat like compare Mm -hmm. almost at the same level. I'd say the song is probably better, but at least, at least the movie is like, you know, a solid plus or higher. It's a blockbuster. Yeah. Like an it's a blockbuster type of movie. Yeah, like like I know the song. I have never actually seen Titanic, <laughs> and I know that I know the chat's gonna be like, oh, "What? You haven't seen Titanic?" And my wife literally not let me live that down. <laughs> I've made it this long because I I've seen so many documentaries of the Titanic. I don't need to see Leonardo DiCaprio say goodbye to Beth and be like. <laughs> Uh, bye. I, don't, I feel like her name is Rose, not Beth. Or Rose, Beth, or whatever it is. <laughs> whatever Beth. it is. Yeah. Or, or there's that line. Why don't you? Why don't you paint me like your picture? What is? What does he uh, say? Paint, paint me like your. Oh my god, I forget. Paint me that. like your pictures or portraits or. Like your French ladies, I think that's the line. Oh, maybe. Whatever, so, whatever it is. Like I, I know, I know all the big parts of it. I know what happens with the Titanic, so it's <laughs> yeah, like okay, everyone. Yeah. Knows. So, uh, but but yeah, I agree. I think if it was a better movie, I think it would be okay to be associated to that movie. <laughs> um, where are we? Two thousand and one. Carlos Santana returns to the Mexican town where he grew up. Otland de Navarro for the first time in 46 years. A statue honoring Carlos and his father, mariachi player Jose Santana, is unveiled. That is so cool. And like coming from those mariachi towns in like Mexico, they're so cool. Like, I don't know if anybody's ever seen Desperado or the movie Once Upon a Time in Mexico with Antonio Banderas. It's it's an action movie by Robert Rodriguez, and uh, it, it's I I think it's pretty cool. Like he's like a gunslinger, but he's a, he's also a guitar player, and and it's cool because they show those like little Mexican towns and the actual like mariachi player like like they're building guitars from scratch, cool. and it's really neat. So so you see the guitar maker, he's built this guitar, and it's like not even 
Like, it's literally just the panels on the guitar. So it's sanded, but it's not, like, finished. And and in he, they're they're playing the guitar like it's like I'm like oh that's so cool so I I could just that's what I picture when you just tell me that Carlos Santana going home and just shredding on a <laughs> on a classical guitar. Uh, Tommy wants to let you know that there's aliens at the end of Titanic. Aliens at the end of Titanic. Yeah. So it's a sci-fi movie. Right on. Yeah. <laughs> right on. <laughs> right on. <laughs> Um, also in 2001, Dave Matthews Band released Every Day, which includes the radio-friendly The Space Between. <clears throat> the Space Between. Honestly, Dave, I don't understand. I don't understand Dave Matthews Band. See, uh, Dave Matthews Band, I I would like to go see them live. Really? And here, here is why. Here is why. Okay, so I... I am indifferent about Dave Matthews Band, but the only reason why I want to see them live is because uh, it. I feel like it would be almost like watching Clapton live at like Crossroads because there's so many freaking people in the band <laughs> that it would be neat because like they'd be jamming with each other. You'd have all these instruments and stuff, right? Like, I mean, what other songs does Dave Matthews sing? That's like, what's that gray song? Gray Streets? I think it's called. Even their song titles are boring. <laughs> yeah. No, I I do agree with you. Like I would I would rather see them live than listen to their studio stuff. That's what that's I what see, I'm I saying. See. I see. <laughs> I I don't know. Right. They just this band bores me to no other. It's like I I can't think of a more boring band. Than yeah. Dave Matthews Band. Like just even the name is boring. It's the most generic <laughs> like unoriginal. Even the name. Even yeah. Dave Matthews is a generic name. <laughs> it's the most generic <laughs> ever. Yeah. Uh, anyways, 2005, Jamie Foxx wins a Best Actor Oscar for his portrayal of Ray Charles in the movie Ray. One of my favorite movies. It's very good. Very is good. Ray Yep. Jamie Foxx does an unreal job yeah. of Ray Charles. Yeah. I I actually that goes into my top five movies of all time. Ray, really? Yeah. Oh shit! Like just generally, that's like a top top. Generally, wow. I love Ray Charles so much, and like I remember in high school when we played the ray charles like was it was it with jazz band or senior band that's what i can't remember it was like a ray charles mashup i think it was senior band was senior band i was like oh i was so pumped i was like this is the best in the world (laughs) just playing like like i still think probably one of the best songs ever written is george's on my mind oh not only really well written but like just performed yeah like like man Every time I listen to that song, chills down my spine. It's Every so single time. Yeah, it's so yeah. Good. Actually, I feel like Georgia so, on my mind was not a Ray Charles written song. Well, Ray Charles did it like amazingly. Like I, I don't think it, it was, was a commissioned cover. for him. I'm oh, pretty sure. I see. Uh, yeah, it's a 1930 song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First recorded I, by Hoagie Carmichael. Well, Hoagie can go home because right, Charles really, really sets it for me. And and like even um, that uh, 
fuck what's that song called uh hit the road jack uh, no uh when it's like uh i hear her knocking at my door but it's the snare hit i hear her ta 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 at my door na 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 uh hallelujah i love her so that's what the song's called okay. that's it. probably one of my other favorite songs by him so i just like how he implements the inst- like i like when they when they're singing and the, the, like the instrument acts as like the line they're singing like i can hear her and it's a snare hit yeah, like yeah, yeah. it's almost like knocking at the door so i like when they when musicians do stuff like that so it's clever yeah so uh February 27, 2015, glam rock pioneer Gary Glitter at the age of 70 is sentenced to 16 years in prison for sexually assaulting three schoolgirls in the 70s <sighs> and 80s. Honestly, why? Why? You, you know what? You're this like super famous like number one hits mm-hmm. on the radio. Why? Like... <sighs> And and in no way I am, am I trying to defend him, but like you think of all the drugs that these people are taking, like they don't even know who's coming through the door, right? Which is which is still no excuse, right? right? Yeah. It's still no excuse. But like like after watching that Epstein documentary on Netflix, mm. like it's just like you know what I anything is anything is honestly like anything's possible, <laughs> right? Yeah. Anything is. Yeah, that's true. You have enough money, anything's possible. Gabe says mm-hmm. glam rock enough said, I, I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyways, last thing, 2015, uh, Leonard Nimoy dies at the age of 83. The actor best known for playing Spock on Star Trek also released albums called Mr. Spock's Music from Outer Space and Two Sides of uh, Leonard Nimoy. I think Leonard Nimoy, I don't know whether it's just, a, I can't remember if it was just a clip from the Star Trek show, but uh, he appeared in the Bad Brains uh, music video. Oh, did he? <laughs> that's so yeah. funny. That's I can't remember what the song was called, but but I remember it was like, hey, that's Leonard Nimoy. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so that's today in music history. Let's move on to the news. Um, so um oh i have a news topic for you before you begin so i heard on the radio and i was like i gotta tell kem this because he's gonna lose his mind so i'm driving around working and i was like kem is gonna be pumped for this and and i don't know if they're coming out east but the wu-tang clan is coming to vancouver no they are oh shit with Nas. oh wow are you yeah. gonna go? Did you buy tickets? I didn't buy tickets, okay. <laughs> but tickets aren't on sale yet. Okay. But I, would, I think it's at the Commodore. I would recommend it if you're going. If you if you're oh. in the area, you want to take the ferry over. I would. I might have to. I might have to go now. I am so out of my element because I don't know anything about this music. But the Wu Tang Clan album that we reviewed on this podcast. Yeah, thirty six chambers. Like, I loved it. Yeah, yeah. So I am. I am tempted. Well, tempted to go. The thing is, you'll be the tallest person there. Well, actually, that might not be true. There's there's some pretty tall people in that lineup. But um, mm. no, you'll be fine. You should go. Okay. You won't get crushed. I don't know. I don't know who to go with though. That's the problem. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. 
I don't know. Like the yeah. Nas, when you see Nas, you, you, you might can... have to come out. Oh my god, I have to fly <laughs> all the way there. Okay, maybe we'll see on the timing. The Nas said mm-hmm. you can honestly probably just like stay in the back and just like watch from the back. You don't really need to be mm-hmm. at the front. Wu Tang, okay. you want to be pretty close to the stage. Right on. That's okay, where, that's cool. Where the magic is. I I am actually pumped because I remember. Uh, I might have mentioned this on the podcast, but uh, I think it was Damian Marley came out with an album with yeah, yeah. Nas. Uh, two worlds. Two. Yeah. Two worlds. And I and I thought it was pretty cool. And I remember our mutual friend of ours, Nick, uh, showed me, who's a big hip hop fan. And I was like, this is kind of like, this is actually pretty cool because it was like heavy reggae mixed with hip hop. Yep. And and I actually really enjoyed it. So um like I'm, I'm like on the fence of like, should I get tickets to this or should I not? That's so. Cool. Yeah, I think you might have convinced me. I'm gonna try to get tickets now. So, mm-hmm. um, in other news, uh, we do talk about or we have mm-hmm. talked about uh, Dark Side of the Moon and their 50th anniversary, et cetera, et cetera. So I think Roger Waters is just in the news more in general, but. Roger Waters, and I don't know how you're going to feel about this, but he has revealed that he has re-recorded the entire Dark Side of the Moon without any of his former bandmates. In a recent interview, he said, I wrote the Dark Side of the Moon. Let's get rid of all this we crap. Of course, we were a band. There were four of us. We all contributed, but it's my project and I wrote it. So blah. He also said this about his fellow bandmates. They can't write songs. They have nothing to say. They are not artists. They have no, no ideas. Not a single one between them. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> you know what? I have to say, out of any band with hostility issues, I think you could argue that Pink Floyd has the worst of them. They're definitely the worst. They have to feel like worse. and and I and I would say a good second would be Oasis. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Oasis but, is up there too. But like, like I remember, I still remember, and I mentioned this before. Live Aid, they get back together for this cause, <laughs> this right? Perform- oh my god! Yeah. And the performance, like you could even like I, I wasn't even at the concert. I was watching from home and I was like, wow, there is tension there. Like you have Roger Waters, who's just angry, <laughs> like just, just not happy at all. Right. And then you have, uh, what's the other guy's Gilmore. name? David Gilmore. Gilmore, David Gilmore, just high on drugs, like, ah, right. Playing. <laughs> I was just like, I am not buying this at all. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Pink Floyd, I don't know how they got to album number eight without, like, how did they get so many albums in Mm. and they hate each other now? They hate each other so much. Like, man. uh, And so going based back, let's go back to the news topic here. I am intrigued. Yes. I am intrigued to hear what this album sounds you like. You actually because want to hear Dark Side of the Moon re-recorded Rogers Water, Water I, Roger Waters only. Yeah, I am curious. I'm curious to see because obviously this is a pretty pretentious statement to come out with. Yeah. Right? Like these guys are musicians. I am the all-time like this is something like like the Gal like the Gallagher brothers would say. Yeah. Right? 
<laughs> so I'm very curious to see what his version of Dark Side of the Moon would have been. Apparently he did change he he has changed some stuff on it. Like there's I think there's mm. which song is the one where there's talk like a, a voiceover? I think it's money where there's a voiceover. He's like, I got rid of that. That was a stupid idea. <laughs> he just like got rid oh. of like certain parts. Oh uh no, I don't think it's that. Was it great? Gig in the sky. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it might be great. Gig in the sky. Yeah. There's like a talking part. He's like, "That was stupid. I'm taking that out." <laughs> <laughs> I am. I am intrigued to see what what he comes up with here. It's crazy that he's the bass player in the band. I don't understand. Like, why? Yeah. The, the only like bass player front man that you would think of, like you got Getty yeah. Lee. Yeah. Right, you got Thin Lizzy. Right, right, Linnet, yeah, yeah, filling it. Um, Gene Simmons, Lemmy, uh, Lemmy, Lemmy, yes, Gene Simmons, yeah, Motorhead, maybe 50 50. Yeah, I would, I would consider, yeah, I, w- I would count Gene Simmons, but then it's like Pink Floyd, <laughs> <laughs> like, right, yeah, I mean, I get it's Roger Waters and David Gilmore, but like, it's just weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's Jason, it's extremely weird. Yeah, Jason Dragonfly says Roger Waters was so good in concert. Uh, I was like, what do the other guys do? <laughs> you know what? I will I will agree with you, Chasing Dragonflies, because I actually really liked what Roger Waters' solo work. I actually didn't yeah. mind his solo work. Yeah, I, I thought it was good. I don't think I've ever listened to Roger Waters' solo mm. anything. You should check it out. It's not it's not too bad. So that like and and that's the thing. Like I I'm just intrigued of the product and how different it's going to be from Dark Side of the Moon. Cuz if he literally just deleted his bandmates stuff, <laughs> then it's like okay, you're just really you just really hate them. <laughs> like that's what I'm intrigued just, about, right? Just silence in a David Gilmore guitar yeah. solo. <laughs> <laughs> just take out the time yeah. like solo <laughs> and money like just that riff yeah no riff no guitar riffs nothing mm. that'd be so funny mm. um there's no way i could play all the parts in the chasing dragonflies uh band i would definitely not <laughs> yeah taylor taylor's asking me if i would say that about chasing dragonflies there's no way um <laughs> Um, well it's it's tough right like 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 you look at anomal anomalies like dave grohl's first album with the foo fighters right like this this is the call like that that album he recorded all himself yeah right and it won a grammy right even though we don't really name that show so (laughs) Uh, but 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 i mean like so it can be done but is this the band that, that like like the difference is is that when Dave Grohl wrote that album, is I guess I'm saying is that he wrote it himself. He wrote all the parts himself. Mm-hmm. He had an idea of what each song sounded like himself. Whereas like a Chasing Dragonflies is saying there is multiple people in this process, right? Yeah. So so it's like, can you really replace those ideas? I don't think so. I don't know. I, I get Roger Waters is a good enough musician to do it, but I, I don't know. It's Dark Side of the Moon, mm-hmm. man. I just, just leave it, leave it. It's 
it's it's a masterpiece. Yeah, it's the one of the greatest albums of all time. I don't know why you need to touch it. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Cape thinks that uh, in his eighties, if he recomposed music that he wrote in his twenties and thirties, I don't think I have someone at home that wants to talk to me, and I have too much time. (laughs) I mean, Roger Waters does have too much time. Speaking of Roger Waters having too much time, other news about him. Uh, he's had a upcoming live performance in Frankfurt, Germany, cancel- canceled by the city's government over allegations of mm. anti-Semitism. Because uh, Roger Waters very uh, openly is uh, anti-Israel uh, and has been known to use anti-Semitic imagery at his live shows. So uh, Germany, obviously very sensitive around that topic. So they have uh, mm-hmm. they have canceled his upcoming <clears throat> live performance in uh, or his gig in May, I think. Um, Wait, what do you expect? <laughs> what do you expect is going to happen? Right? Like... Like everywhere in the world, there's certain traumas with everybody. Like, like you look at everybody. Like I, I've spoken to most people around the world. Like, like I, I wouldn't say everywhere. Like I'm not an expert or anything, but I, I've spoken to people from uh, Japan, right? I've spoken to people from China, right? And they hate each other, right? And it's because of like these past historical things, right? And and it's just like, why are you, why are you even going there? Yeah. Like you're a musician. Just play your song and go home, right? Like, like I, I just don't get why people are so, like... And, but, like, I understand why the venue's like, fuck you, I don't want you playing at our venue if, if you're like this. That's completely understandable, Yeah. right? Like, like what do you expect is going to happen, though, if this is your behavior? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I still have a problem with... I still don't know why people book specific people and then like you know once the media gets out or like buzz gets out that this person did whatever and then they're like oh we're gonna just cancel the show to save Mm -hmm. face right but like it's roger waters everyone knows that he is Mm -hmm. anti-israel and you know obviously that's a very touchy subject and you can't just like blanket statement he's an anti-semite but like you know if you're you can't just mm-hmm. flip-flop on that. If you hire him to play the show, yeah. You you should have known that already and you would have been okay with that gray line. Don't mm-hmm. don't freaking like, you know, flip-flop. After, and that and you flip-flop. you make a very good point because like even if you were trying to be like, well, as a business we want to make money and it's not out. Let's say that didn't happen and didn't go out in the media, right? Then it would be like are people actually going to buy tickets to this thing? Because people in that community are going to be like, I'm not supporting this shit. Yeah. Right. And and people are so like, like stuck to their guns about certain topics. Right. Which is understandable. Yeah. Right. So, so it's like as a business person, it would make sense to just not even book the venue in the first place, because really if you're planning all, oh, maybe we can get sneak by it just to get money sales. But I, I, I honestly don't think that the numbers are going to be there anyways. If they were to sell. Yeah. No, Roger Waters has made a very public stand on where he mm. believes in. Like he like he might have like values and opinions that you don't agree with, but he is very transparent about it. So like if you mm-hmm. hired him for the gig, 
that's your own problem if you're you're having second thoughts like it's crazy i agree i agree i i 100 percent agree you shouldn't have you shouldn't have hired him in the first place yeah uh get, right? because yeah. now not, yeah because now you're just causing more issues like, why did you hire him in the first place? Everyone knows mm-hmm. that this is what he believes in. Uh, yeah. yeah, Gabe, you are you are correct. He's actually, uh, he's he's always been anti-war. So when it comes to like Ukraine and Russia and that situation, like he's always he's always publicly said like Putin should have never invaded, but he blames the war on Ukraine rather than Russia. Like he's always like, he's always publicly said it's the Ukraine who like instigated the war. He doesn't believe in war overall, but he's blaming the Ukraine on the war, which like to me that's at surface level is just nuts. But I'm sure he has his reasons. But like if you're gonna hire him, it's very public knowledge. It's it's nuts. That's so funny. Like like he's like I don't know where he got that idea from. Like. <laughs> Like, obviously, like, oh, so you're blaming them because, so, I, I don't even want to get into it fully, but essentially, Ukraine has always been more of a European country than a Russian country, yep. and Russia controlled them during the Cold War, and Russia feels that they should be a part of that. So how is that Ukraine's fault? How is that, like, <laughs> well, it's Ukraine's fault for believing in European ways? You're freaking from europe you idiot <laughs> like i don't i don't know that's a dumb that's a dumb I, i'm thing. sure it's a much more nuanced conversation but like mm. ah, i don't know roger waters he, he's very public about his views and yeah. people should, should but i mean accordingly. like jason dragonfly said puts on a great show <laughs> so <laughs> yeah yeah he writes great music and he puts on a great show. He's gonna he's gonna revolutionize Dark Side of the Moon. Oh my god. So stupid. So I don't know. Yeah. Uh anyways, <laughs> let's let's move on. Let's move on. Um so Eric, if you're if you're excited, actually on the topic of uh famous bass players, on July tenth of this year, you can get the opportunity to record a song live with Gene Simmons. It will cost you <laughs> about Six thousand USD. It's going to be at Abbey Road Studios, and you spend the whole day with the bassist, hear his stories, and record a song with him. You can even bring a friend. <laughs> I mean, like I, I can so see Gene Simmons doing this. This is such a Gene Simmons thing to do. <laughs> But I don't know, like, ah, I, I don't know if that would, would you do that? Not for $6,000. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Like, I would pay $6,000 to jam and play a song with with Getty <laughs> Lee. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's true. Like, if it was, like, Clapton, maybe when, like, 20 years ago or something like that. $6, yeah, like, like Gene Simmons? You have to be a diehard Kiss fan, I feel like. Yeah, like you'd have to really be a diehard Kiss fan and play simple music. <laughs> like like I feel like like in order to play with him, wow. like I, I feel like 
<laughs> this is going in the in order contract. to play. How come it's always me that says these Sheen things? Seven. <laughs> you need to okay. like simple music. <laughs> uh, okay, so well, let me let me explain before you just destroy me like a witch trial here. Okay, so so <laughs> so Kiss is all about power chords. Right? Okay, yeah. They don't really contribute anything other than power chords to music. Okay. Right? So so I mean like if you were a a diehard KISS fan, you would probably be like, I like Ace Freely. <laughs> I'm gonna play power chords. And you're just gonna play power chords. Like like I feel like to explain this to people who like our podcast who aren't really musicians but like music, power chord playing is almost like the jock in high school. Oh my god! <laughs> so, hey, you know what? If people agree, <laughs> oh my god, that goes up to two. Okay, don't don't you agree with me though? Yes, I do agree. <laughs> Wouldn't you like someone who just plays power chords? It's like a jock at your high school. They they are the jock of music. They just like repeat the same. <laughs> okay, I see. I see. I see the point. Yeah. So so that's that's what I'm saying. Like you have to be a diehard Kiss fan, and you you have to be the jock of music and just play power chords. Just the simplest, <laughs> simple-minded music. <laughs> uh, um. But to be honest, with this, like six thousand dollars is obviously a lot of money. But mm. when I heard you could like record a song, spend a day with Gene Simmons and record a song, I was thinking the number would have been like astronomical. I was like, "This is Gene Simmons. There's no way he's like not milking this." Six thousand mm-hmm. dollars, like, although a lot of money, it's actually below what I was expecting him to be charging. Mm-hmm. To be honest, <clears throat> but like, I would pay a thousand. Thousand. Hang out with Gene Simmons I, for a day. Yeah. I feel like a thousand, especially like not only are you there, but you're in Abbey Road studio. Yep. As well, right? Yep. And the the other thing that pissed me off too is uh Gene Simmons, and I can't remember the other band that was opening for him, but they were coming on tour in Toronto when I was living out there. Motley and Crew? uh no, maybe it was Motley Crue. Motley Crue and Kiss. That sounds like a tag team yeah maybe it was it was it was like pre like it was like during we were in university oh wow uh so maybe it was motley crew it is like the kiss motley crew tour was a a big one so so i remember i was like i would i would go see these this lineup why not and i look at the tickets and they were like 250 dollars for nosebleeds i'm like no expensive now we paid 250 dollars to go see clapton (laughs) And we thought with Jeff Beck, by the way, yeah, and we yeah. thought that like that again, yeah. like it's just the levels of musicianship, <laughs> right? It's like, so yeah. like, I'm not going to spend that much money and go in the nosebleeds and watch Kiss play yeah. their power chords. <laughs> <laughs> Difference is we were in the pit for Clapton and Jeff Beck. Exactly. So it's a yeah. Different. A little different. So, so yeah, I, I still think 6,000 is a bit of a reach, but I am surprised. I agree with you. I think it would have been more. Yeah. I would, I would have, have thought if someone said, guess how much that is, I would have guessed $10,000. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Um, in other news, uh, a first generation Apple iPhone in its original box was just sold at an mm. auction for $63,000. The original iPhone came this. out 16 years ago. Man. I heard this. I need to find a first generation iPhone. <laughs> like, is this really a relic though? No, 16 years ago. That's nothing. Like, like who, like, like, that's what I wanted to know. Like, who's buying this? I don't know. Just rich people with too much money. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but the iPhone, pretty revolutionary, to be honest. <laughs> Especially when it comes to music. It, it, you know what? iPhone really set the stage for smartphones nowadays. Like, our yeah. cell phones would not be what it is today without the iPhone coming out. I will agree with that. But is it really a relic? Because, like, I feel like we're at an age now with technology that it's like, like, th that show, the Antique Roadshow, I feel like 10 years from now, that won't even be a thing. <laughs> because someone's like, why would I want to buy? and spend a lot of money and buy your floppy disk <laughs> right like like you know what i mean because yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's so primitive yeah in terms of technology that it's like i'm not getting this now understandably if you're like i got the first record from u2's recording of mm. joshua tree like that is valuable yeah. but i can't i i just can't see being like oh like my iphone 13 in 20 years from now i'm going to sell it at the antique Roadshow <laughs> for five hundred and sixty thousand dollars. like it's not gonna happen yeah not gonna happen uh in other news king charles's uh coronation is coming up uh and he wanted Ed Sheeran and Adele to perform at his coronation. Oh. However, they have both declined because they said they are too busy to perform. <laughs> you know, I, I just picture like just that obnoxious posh accent being like, yes, um, that's Adele girl. Can you see if she's furry to play a concert for me? <laughs> just like very last minute <laughs> like obviously the monarch doesn't really mean anything anymore if ed sheeran and adele are like sorry we're busy <laughs> like think about that the king is asking you oh yes could we get you to play a concert for me please uh sorry mate we're too busy sorry <laughs> we, we've got other plans <laughs> right yeah. like like think of like think of how much of a smack in the face that would be as the king <laughs> oh man poor king charles no one likes him no one's ever liked him i mean you're you know you have Elizabeth the yeah. second that you're kind of taking after. Yeah. Like it's pretty hard to fill that. Yeah. So um other news, and uh I do want to get your opinion on this, but Twisted Sister guitarist JJ French has accused Keith Richards of using hidden guitars live, saying that Keith's arthritis is so bad he can't play guitar anymore. So his hmm. accusation is that Keith Richards is just miming. And there is a guitar player in the back playing all the all the songs. Now, let's assume this is true. And I, I, I don't 
don't know. I could sort of believe it. Um, yep. Yep. Would you guys still see the Rolling Stones knowing that? <clears throat> just to see Keith Richards in the flesh. I mean, right now, probably not. Just because, like, I think it's awesome that they're going out and playing still. Like, it, it's one of those things where, like, I, lo- I love when people say, like, especially Gord Downey, he would say, like, I'm going to do die doing what I love to do. Mm-hmm. And he played music until he fucking died. And, and I do believe that that is something that I think that people should live by. Almost like like pick a passion that you like, and you know. Anyways, that's a philosophical tom- co- comment. Uh, but um, I feel like now, though, I wouldn't go see them because it's not the same. It's not the same Rolling Stones you're getting. Mm. However, so there's a show I've been watching called Slow Horses, and Mick Jagger wrote the theme song for it a year ago, and it's pretty good. And it sounds pretty like, like, like it's got that like British rock pop kind of like attitude to it, which I'm like, that's pretty good for his age to still pull that off. Mm. Right. It's, but, but it's almost like, like ZZ Top playing. Right. Yeah. Right. They, they've got, they're old. They don't move much, but they've got this attitude about them that you're like, oh, like, do I want to see them live? Are they going to be just as good as they were in their prime? No. But so so it's one of those things. Like I I I don't I don't know where I stand on this. Yeah, I don't know. I would for for me. I I don't really have an interest in seeing Rolling Stones. But if someone was like, let's go see the Rolling Stones, I probably would go, knowing mm-hmm. that Keith Richards is my main. Still, <laughs> for some reason, like I would probably like flame any other musician for doing that. But for some reason, Keith Richards, I'm just mm-hmm. like, wow. You're still alive. You're still standing there. I can't believe he's still alive. People thought he was going to die 10 years ago. Yeah. Like, think about it. People were like, I can't believe he's still alive 10 years ago. (laughs) Think about that. Yeah. (laughs) I think he's still, like, he's not going to (laughs) die. I don't think he's going to die. That'd be crazy. Um, All right. I'm going to do one last news thing, and then we'll move on to it. We'll save the rest for for next week, and then we'll move on to the album review. So um, I don't know if you're familiar with the the 1975, the band, but uh, Mm -hmm. Maddie Healy, who's the troubled front man for the 1975, um, it's not specifically about his controversies and whatever, but in a recent interview, he discussed his views on artists charging money for meet and greets. He believes that artists meet and greets is taking money from the fans and taking advantage of them, calling it a gross practice. Um, now the question is, where do you stand on meet and greets, charge meet and greets specifically? Do you think, are, are you in agreement with him or do you think it's just part of, you know, the fan interaction business. Hmm. That's, that's tough. That, that is uh, like, I I feel like as a musician, if you're going to do a meet and greet, I feel like it should be pro bono because usually you're bringing, like most people bring stuff to get signed, right? That's something that, that, really like personally has some sort of connection with their life that it's like, Oh my God, I want you to sign this album. 
may have not been the best album you've ever come out with that people agree with but i connected with this album it has meaning to me and i feel like charging for that especially like this person like the people going to this these meet and greets are fans like no one's just gonna be like I'm not gonna stand in line and be like oh Britney Spears is having like a meet and greet oh I'm gonna stand in line <laughs> look I have no interest in doing that because I'm not a fan right but so I I feel like you're really almost robbing them as fans because not only are they paying for your merchandise they're paying for your albums they're paying for concert tickets they may even pay to go to concerts outside of their living area right uh because they really want to see you or or they drive seven hours just to see you like like we've all both of you and i have been there 100 percent. we've gone to see bands and it's just like ah this is gonna be quite the trek to get like i drove 15 hours just to go see the tragically hip and their last freaking concert like their last tour ever and 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 it was like i it was worth it 100 percent like think of the gas money and just the time, right? Yeah. So I feel like charging for these meet and greets, it's it's almost a way for you to connect with the fans that are like, you know, this is something that I'm doing for you guys. Mm-hmm. Right? Because honestly, I do believe that they wouldn't you wouldn't be where you are if it weren't for your fans. Yeah, no, no, no. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, the only argument I would have with that is how do you how do you choose the people to do the meet and greets or how do you like crowd control that because obviously if you're a if you're a kiss right stadium tour there's mm-hmm. no way you're going to do a meet and greet for every single person that wants to meet and greet you for that night like you need to get to the next town obviously so like yeah. for me in terms of charging people who actually want to have that experience i think mm. I think that might be the only realistic way of like doing that sort of crowd control. But mm. I get your point. I get your point of it being sort of like, not, I wouldn't say scummy, but I, obviously some of them are scummy because they're charging like a thousand dollars to like 10 yeah. seconds or whatever it is. But uh, I, I just don't know logistically how, how else you would do that. Yeah, and and it is tough. In no way I have a solution or an answer for this because, like, think about all the people who get screwed over for like you know paying for scalping tickets and stuff like that, right? So like like I, I don't even know if it's a thing where it's like you go online and and book your spot. Like how many scalpers are booking those spots and selling them to, right? So so there's so many factors that play into this. I don't have an answer, but um, it you know ideal world it would ideal be- world try to balance it maybe maybe charge for some maybe charge for you know yeah but but then it's like where do you choose where to charge and what not to charge yeah that's true right anyways uh that was that was uh maddie healy of the 1975 uh opinion on that so it did cause quite a debate online mm. one day i'm gonna just like we're gonna have a talk about this band because like this man is so problematic and there's so many <laughs> issues with this, what he says and what he does i just mm. want to explore that at some point but that won't be for today that'll be at some some other point uh, fair uh, enough my friend <clears throat> let's let's move on 
let's go to the uh, the album review uh, for this week. We will save the rest of the news articles for, for next week. Um, so the album that we will be discussing this time is Paramore's brand new album. This is why. This is why is the sixth studio album by American rock band Paramore. It was released on February 10th, 2023. It's their first album in almost six years. All right, Eric. I feel like I really, I'm really interested to know what your opinion on this album is because I have, I have taken a peek to see how the internet and the general mainstream and indie music publications feel about this album. Mm. And I am sitting on the exact opposite of what everyone is saying. So I'm very interested to see what your opinion on this album is. So I remember last episode where I said, I cannot wait to review this album. And I I'm changing that statement. Oh, okay. So, um, and and I, you probably recall me saying that as well. Yep. Um. So, and I remember you saying, "Oh, I think we're gonna have two different views of this." But now I feel like the more I listen to this album, the more it hurts it. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. So. I liked Paramore when they first came out. Like, you know, like awesome band, right? Great female front man or front woman. And I, I thought the, the band was sick. I really like the singer, uh Haley Williams. Yeah, Haley Williams. Yeah, yeah, Haley Williams. Thought like she's got that attitude of like punk grunge and, and all that stuff. Yep. Um I was very excited when I heard that they're coming back that <laughs> they're releasing an album i was like this is gonna be awesome uh so when i first listened to it i thought this uh, this album's pretty odd like i at first was like this is awesome but i feel like i was a bit blinded <laughs> by it so okay. i have to say the first song this is why great tune great tune to start off the album especially for paramore it's it's a paramore song right yep. I, I was like this album's gonna be sick and the more I listen to it, the more I kind of feel like it was almost like I just felt like it was like, hey, you know, what we should just do for the sake of doing let's go for like, let's let's do this. Right. Like, what's an example I could use? Like, you know, when you're hanging out with your significant other and you're just like, yeah, let's just do a walk just to do something. Mm. I feel like this is what this album is. <laughs> so, um, when I first listened to it, I thought it was great. I thought it was amazing. I liked it. So I, I, I don't know whether or not these reviews have been like this, but that's not what we do in this podcast. We listen to this a few times, unless we actually can't stand it to the yeah. point where it's like, I'm never listening to this again. <laughs> um like there were songs on this album that I that I liked. Yeah. I liked um I thought that they would be pretty cool. In fact, I would contemplate if they go on tour, I would go get tickets to go see them. Ooh, okay. Just to see their old stuff, right? Right. More so. Uh but there were songs like like these are one of those albums like I said earlier in this episode that you know like the top half is better than the bottom half. 
right? And and I feel like 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 there's certain songs on the album that just piss me off, like "Say Come uh, Say Come Sa." Ooh, we have differing opinions, but continue, continue. I don't know. Like I, I just feel like it was just a boring song. Oh, interesting. Okay, okay. Yeah, like I I just felt like "Say Come Sa." No, 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 no. Like I can do that with anything I say. <laughs> that's a good point you technically could do anything with that weird little yeah like, like i went for a walk no 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 it's like see done i made a song right there i actually like right that there. actually like mm-hmm. my my opinion of sekomsa could be my favorite song on the album really it could because oh. i was like oh, oh this man. is somewhat interesting it's a little bit different from what like paramore normally does like yeah with that song for me compared to everything else was like oh this one stands out whether that's good or bad mm. like it does stand out from the rest of the song so i was like okay this one interesting at least my ears are sort of like paying attention mm. to it see my favorite song on the album was you first okay yeah that's a pretty good one that was that was mine because i thought lyrically it was written well like like obviously Haley Williams is older. Like I think she's our age. She's younger, I think. Or younger? I think so. But it, anyways, like so so like like I feel like like I I I liked how that song was like put together lyrically and musically. 34. Um 34. Okay, so she's a bit older than us, not by much. Yeah. <laughs> but 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 I mean uh, again, like you know, it's funny when I when I listen to see Kunsi like I I listened to it once again today, and I was like, I bet you any money, Cam is gonna like this song, and I and I I don't like it. I don't. I, I'm not a fan of it. Yeah, I mean, it's funny that we have different opinions on that song because that was the one song mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is actually like the one song on this album that I actually mm-hmm. enjoy. Um, obviously, like this is why, which is the opening track, that's like a pretty pretty good Paramore song. Hmm. I I didn't go into this album thinking I'm going to get a Paramore album because like based on their past few releases, I was like, okay, they're definitely like, they're not going to be going back to pop punk. Like they're so far <laughs> past that stage of their life. They're try- I'm pretty sure they're going to try to distance themselves, but there were elements of pop punk in this album, uh, which was nice. So, so knowing that, and as much as I want a Paramore pop punk album, I knew I wasn't going to get that. So I sort of set my expectations. But the album for me, it just didn't kick enough ass. That was the problem. Like all these songs sort of, they were nice. Lyrically, they were good. H- Haley Williams obviously mm-hmm. is a very good lyricist and a great singer. But like there wasn't really an interesting guitar part, an interesting drums, like bass no. part. There were instrumentally, there wasn't really anything that interesting. Most of the interesting stuff came from like Haley Williams singing in a certain way or like putting vocal inflections here and there um, on like the news or this is why or Sekomsa. Like the, these songs where she's like doing something different with her voice and what she typically does, I feel like are the stronger songs because those are the only songs that were interesting. But like, I don't know, the, the mm-hmm. whole album was sort of just like, okay it's nice enough and and that's the thing like I, I feel like i fell into the trap which which i agree with you with a lot of the like people reviewing this album outside of this podcast 
I, I like like almost was like listen to it the once and we're like oh my god it's amazing right and and the more i listened to it the more i was peeling back these layers i'm like wait a minute there's nothing special about this song <laughs> at all right like like i would say the only album that is very paramore is the first one this is why yeah yeah. Right, like, like even even how the lyrics stand for what the band represents. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, this is why I don't go out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it's almost like, like, like I feel like that. Like, I feel like you feel like that. At be like, we're the same age. Like, I feel like you know, looking at people, like young people going to the bars. This is like I have no interest in going. Like, it's like almost ten o'clock. <laughs> I want to go to bed. <laughs> yep. Yep. Right. So like, like, I think I really like, I like, like people who are Paramore fans related to that song. Mm. Right. But, uh, but I don't know whether or not they listened to the full album or they, they didn't like I did. Cause when I first listened to this, I was in that delusion. Like, this is an amazing album. This is awesome. Mm. I was, I was, I was actually last episode. I was like, I'm going to give this an eight out of 10. Wow. But I don't even know if that's going to happen now. Oh, wow. So, mm-hmm. Okay. Um, before we get into the last ratings and thoughts, uh, just to give background. So just a brief, like what I found online, Pitchfork, eight out of 10, like all these publications, nine out of Mm -hmm. 10, 10 out of 10, A plus, A minus, like literally across the board, it's universal acclaim for this album. And Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know why. Maybe people are just more accepting that a band doesn't have to be like maybe people are just happy that Paramore is now a adult contemporary type of band and not a pop punk band anymore they, they've broken out of that mold but mm-hmm. I still don't think the songs in the genre that they are in now they're they're just good like they're not good mm-hmm. enough they don't do anything they're not interesting enough and and it's it's you you hit the nail on the head right there like, like, look at the album cover. What is that? Like, if you were to just look at this album cover and were to say, what kind of band is this? What would you say? It's like a, a jazz fusion adult contemporary. That's what it looks mm-hmm. like to me. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. Final thoughts, ratings. What are you going to give it? I mean... I kind of take back everything. Like, like I feel like I shot the gun before I, like, you know, <laughs> prematurely rated this album, like, in the last episode. So uh, I would have to give this, like, a 5 out of 10. Oof. Yeah. No, I'm there with you. I'm giving this a 4 mm-hmm. out of 10 on this mm-hmm. album. It is quite boring. <laughs> Mediocre. <laughs> Mediocre at best yeah oh man like as much as you know i'm going to be the annoying fan that's like back in my day this band (laughs) was like their old stuff was the best stuff and i'm making Mm -hmm. that argument now about this band their old stuff was the best stuff and unfortunately that makes me the old man (laughs) that that complains about these things but uh. Uh, if anybody was like paramore what's this band I'm like, look, people are talking about this new album. Go check out the single. This is why. And that's it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Right. Like, like, even though my favorite personal song is you first, I wouldn't be like, go check out this song. 
right? I would I would actually say go check out This Is Why because it's more Paramore than anything on this album. <laughs> so, all right. Well, that's unfortunate, but there you go. That's our that's mm-hmm. our discussion on the album Paramore's new album. This is why. For those of you following along with us every single week, the album that we will be listening to and discussing next week will be Cracker Island by Gorillas, their brand new album that came out, I think, last week, this week. I don't know. Came out last week. Recently. <laughs> Cracker Island by Gorillas will be the album we discuss next time. Uh, Eric, we are very close to the end of uh, time yes, we at are. this point. So we're going to save the thief for next week. We're going to wrap things up here. Um, thanks for tuning in here at twitch.tv slash the Crossroads Music Podcast. Uh, follow us on uh, Spotify, Apple Music. Uh, actually, it's Apple Podcast. We have a YouTube channel now where we're loading up all the videos, too. Um, but we're here on Twitch every uh, Monday at 10 p.m. ET, 7 p.m. PT. We're actually here every Monday uh, for the month of March. So, you know, we're going to be here consistently. Uh, but Absolutely. Thanks for, for everyone joining in. Um, join the Discord, yell at us. Anything else? <laughs> no, like keep listening to music and, uh, you know, enjoy our controversy <laughs> statements about music. So... <laughs> All right, perfect. Good night, everyone. We'll talk to you all next time.